okay, I just didn't get that one. Awesome. You know, that's it. It, it was right. Lovely. Just yeah. a lovely experience. I really just, enjoyed it. Just a beautiful, lovely, lovely little game. Yeah, truly. Um, You know what isn't beautiful or lovely? Hey there, everybody. <gasps> It's us. We're not beautiful or lovely. Welcome. Oh no! Back to Pixelit. Oh, oh no! My I name is Kevin. Knew. With me, as always, is Phil. I always knew. Always deep down inside. <sighs> Today we're talking uh, Bioshock Rapture. We're in part I three. Yeah. This is our fifth episode on the book, and we we're probably not going to finish the book I in this. Think we're going in to. this episode. It is you know the the more we time we spend with it, the beefier this book gets. In my you eyes, know, you you actually put it very well earlier today when we were we were talking, we were texting back and forth. Yeah, and Kevin said uh, when we were reading uh, Far Cry Absolution. It had great moments, but then there would be a lot of like just basically not filler, but it would be like beautiful descriptions of trees and long drawn out action sequences that really when we're, you know, transcribing them to you guys, it we're just going. And then this fight happens for like 10 pages. Right. Uh, That is not the case in this book. Right. No, this is really pack it in there. Yeah, I think I said it feels like every sentence is a beat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's there isn't a lot of padding here you there's, know there's Everything not much padding it's used pretty well there is it is like you know what it's like it's like uh a can of tuna fish oh god it is very well packed in there <laughs> perhaps you in oil so many things perhaps in water <laughs> Well, I feel like that's the appropriate. occasional chunk of dolphin. The occasional chunk of dolphin. I feel like that's appropriate <laughs> with our with our fan favorite villain Frank Fontaine being. That the, is true. Yeah, the head of the fishery. I don't know if they were getting much tuna uh, down in Rapture. Maybe they were. Maybe it was the mercury that was. <laughs> I mean, the mercury has had an effect. I think we can all agree on that. Something's going on. Something's going on down there, and. You know what? It's um, it's for sure has nothing to do with the plasmids, or no, no, or probably the, the mercury, the abject poverty. That no, no, that would be silly. That would be silly to assume. It's it's gotta have something to do with those damn moochers, those damn parasites, yeah, just parasites. ruining things for great men. If, if he, it weren't for the parasites, if he was a truly a great man, don't you think he'd be able to overcome the parasites? That's exactly what I was about to say. It's like you would think that that a parasite, it's like, well, you're a great man, so get rid of the parasites. What's stopping you from doing that? That's never answered. Never answered. They never bring that up. Yeah. They leave that one for the rest of us, us us plebs to figure out. Us parasites over here. Yeah, us, we parasites. We we parasites. That's the name of my next book, We Parasites. Instead of I, Claudius. Yeah, we, we parasites. But it's, but it's actually about it's about head lice. We parasites, little wee parasites. So we start with chapter fifteen in the infirmary in Persephone, and we got a dude, Carl Wing, who mm-hmm. who cares? I mean, he's one of those he's one of those ships passing in the night. Another character that's just yeah, floats in. We're not going to see a lot of him. We're later. not going to see a lot of him. He floats in one no. scene. He's gone the next. Um, yeah. But it's it's another Sophia Lamb scene. And there's yes. like some 
there's been some sort of a gap in stuff that has happened to Sophia Lamb because she's in Persephone as as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. But at this point, it is become clear that her daughter, uh, Eleanor, has is being experimented on. Um, yes, she is. She was taken away from Sophia and she is um, uh, she is. Let's let's be honest. She's going to be one of the little sisters. Yes, absolutely. That much is pretty clear. So um, basically, Sophia is um, Sophia is trying to she still has some leeway within Persephone for some reason. I don't understand. Like, logically, I'm not sure why Sophia is allowed. Like, if she is such a threat. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, he has brought up the whole I'm going to disappear her thing a lot. Uh, at this point, she's in this heavily guarded, you know, I, I don't want to tell the dictator how to dictate. But uh, at this point, she's been in this mental institution kind of thing yeah. for a while. Why you could just you could just have her rubbed out, right? Or is that like he's he's already planned stuff like that? Yeah, he's already playing dirty. It's he's already you know giving up if, on his ideals. If she is the the grand threat that he right. enough to be thrown into Persephone. Right. Um, then why are you letting her talk to the prisoners and give I, them psychiatric counseling? It, it makes it's like. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of offing her. No, I don't if either. I were, if I were playing this on Renegade style, uh, and and I wanted to get all the bad guy points, she bitch would be dead. She'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so yeah. Um, basically, she's she's been using these therapy sessions with the Persephone prisoners to build her army from within. And she's yeah. still getting visits from Simon Wales, who is one of her followers, but also not locked up, even though he kind of is a turncoat. Um, right. And Simon Wales is like her interface to the outside, uh, more or less. Um, and by the way, the guy who does the narration in the audiobook does a really weird voice for Simon Wales. And yeah. I don't know why. Like I have no, there's no like real indication of what, what he's trying to pull off with that voice. He doesn't have, you know, it's like, it's like he doesn't spend a lot, you know, when you certain, when you do narration, when you're reading these characters, (coughs) excuse me, you know, for a lot of your characters, you're just going to talk like yourself because it's the easiest thing to do. Uh, And I can understand needing to change the voice if like there are a bunch of people in the room and you need to differentiate or something. but it's just him. It's just the way it's yeah. almost never with anybody else. So I, yeah, it's a weird, weird choice. It is a weird but, choice. Um, she's not. And she's, she's also kind of a Manchurian candidating these people, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Basically she's, like, she's trying to, to, to plant the seed and activate them later. Right. Right. And, and honestly, we really don't have to wait that long. We don't have to wait. Actually, she changes her mind in this in this scene. She's yeah. like, you know what? We're doing it now. And yeah. basically, she she and her her army take over Persephone um, yeah. because they had the the warden was on her side. Um, yeah. So uh, the warden's on her side. They off some of the guards um, and Sinclair 
is uh basically who is who was in Persephone at the time has to like evacuate and right. but now Sophia Lamb has a little base of her own operation in Persephone yeah 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 she basically pulls a fuck it we'll do it live and uh they just I because I, I was I honestly thought the way it was going I was like they're going to just this is going to be this is the seed they're planting and the climax of the third part of the book is going to be her taking oh no she's done it she did it it's over yeah so that was interesting yeah it was i didn't see that coming um and then we we jump over to uh our protagonist erstwhile protagonist bill mcdonough Bill uh, doing some work in hephaestus Poor poor bill um and he's listening to andrew ryan giving some dumb speech about altruism and yeah. how it's the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. Everything is every it is altruism is worse than slavery, according to Andrew yes. Ryan. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's, that's a thing whew, that he that's a thing. To, that's a that's a thought to chew on. That is that is a thing that he said. <laughs> that is a thing that was said by a human being at a time. Um. So he uh, basically he's listening to it and Bill is like, Bleh. but what happens is is his coworker Pablo mm-hmm. um is like yeah you know this is like Ryan's an idiot you know um right he, he basically right. insults Ryan to Bill's face well, and, and Bill he, and he's who, echoing he's echoing stuff that Bill's thinking he's echoing the stuff that Bill's thinking but then when Pablo says it out loud um Bill is like oh no I have to defend Ryan you know don't yeah. don't don't let anybody hear that talk and and uh, and Pablo says, yipped like a true lap dog. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. And Bill, like, basically, I mean, he basically has no choice at that point. He has to be like, uh, you talk to me that way again. I'm going to punch you in the mouth mm-hmm. is essentially what he tells him. And, and Pablo just kind of goes, uh-huh. And, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, sure. And anything you say, honky, and okay. uh, and moves on. <laughs> It's it's a it's a really interesting scene because Bill, we've been watching Bill lose any interest, uh, not interest in the cause because he's still Bill makes me think of somebody who came by libertarianism, honestly. Sure. Like who actually does like think that in their heart of hearts, this is really the best thing. This is the best thing. Yeah, this is right. And the, but then he like went to a bunch of libertarian conventions and met these people and found out how many of them are obsessed with like age of consent yeah. and building like seafaring islands like fucking John Galt and like how many of them are just fucking lunatics. Yeah. And he, and he was just like, ah, oh, oh, shit. God, this is terrible. And then somebody yeah. else insults them and he's like, hey, those are my friends, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it, it makes me think a little bit of my my friend who's a libertarian, a libertarian, a, a liberal Christian. I'm like, oh, you must day to day just be it must be a real rough one for you. Yeah. On a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's just another scene in the ever growing pile of scenes of Bill McDonough gets his resolve tested. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I will say we just said that. um that there isn't a lot of wasted time in this book. Right. I stand by that, but I would argue <laughs> that we probably needed two or three fewer 
of those moments. Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, we got it. Bill I, really isn't happy with this. I'm right there with you. I understand yeah. that Bill, yeah. Is, yeah, Bill is not happy with the way things are going. Yeah. Um, we jump over to Frank Fontaine now, um, which these chapters are just so filled with scene changes. It's almost, they really are. It, uh, and as a writer, what is your opinion of like of the scene, like how you categorize a chapter versus these scene changes? Because it feels like the it, the book could have just been like 80 chapters. Who cares? And each yeah. <laughs> each scene change could have just been its own chapter. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole idea when you're writing chapter, it's it's the same. It. I mean, it all. It's all a matter of taking the same idea and smushing it down. The yeah. whole idea of writing a book is you write the beginning, the middle, and the end. And then the whole idea with writing parts of a book is each one of them is a beginning, middle, and end. A chapter, beginning, uh, down to paragraphs, in many people's opinions. Right. That, like, each paragraph needs to deal with one small piece. It's a, it, So um, it's, it is an odd choice. I kind of, at this point, see why these three chapters have been divided the way they have. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you mean. It, it's um, especially this part, because I think some of the sections, the little sections within the, ch within the chapter, this has some of the shortest, most direct sections, sure. uh, especially in a chapter coming up. There are like little half page right. sections of the book, which is, um, not a thing. I blame TV mostly. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes me think of a where it, this this whole thing is paced uh, a bit like a uh, a mini series. Yeah, um, like each chapter is an episode in a right. mini series and you've got the, or a limited the, the, the moments. The yeah, the scenes within the episode. That's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's right. just uh, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, what's what is the connective tissue holding the chapter together? If not thematic, right. like, is it like thematic? We're starting. We're starting to see, um, and we and we saw this with um, with uh, the previous two parts where we would have these moments that didn't necessarily push the plot forward per se, kind of like the, the scene with the guy who's spending all his wife's money on, on plasmids and he accidentally right. kills her with a fridge. Um, that doesn't push the plot forward per se. It's just our window into this world. Just show us how bad things are getting. Right. Um, we have fewer of those, but we do have, for example, this part, this is a very short section with, that we're about with, to get into. With Frank Fontaine. Yeah. Frank Fontaine, uh, in his lab, basically working on propaganda for the Atlas yeah, movement. He's, he's building his Atlas, his Atlas uh, persona, so to speak. Right, right. And he's it's talking about where he's pulling things from. Um, he, he, uh, you know, we find out that they're killing constables. Uh, they're they're you yeah. know basically keeping his, people scared. His guy, his guy. He's he basically just has his guy Reggie going out and and shooting cops. Yeah. Yeah, just killing cops. Actually, they have and, a debate as as to whether they're cops or not. <laughs> right, right, right. He says, well, they're, they're not really even cops. They're constables, you know. They're, they're and, bums and, with badges, know, he says. They're bums with badges. And the guy goes, the guy goes, well, between you and me, up on the surface, I always thought of cops as bums with badges. So yeah. it's all the same to me. Basically, Reggie, um, Reggie says ACAB and... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Reggie says ACAB and throws a fist up and everyone cheers. Um 
But basically, it's it's a section of Frank gearing up for the big fight. Um, I think it's done well enough. I think I think I think it's done appropriately enough. Um, there yeah. are, there have been some places I think where uh, you could have just gone ahead and made that all one section. Sure, there was no need to split it up. But uh, but I think it's done well enough. It's just it's it's definitely clipping along at a uh, at a, a faster pace at this point. Right. Yeah. So they so that happens. And then we, we kind of get the the fallout of that happening is right. is Ryan, uh, along with Bill McDonough, some other characters who don't matter nearly as much. And no. Cavendish. I literally and- have them written as posse. Posse, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Cavendish and Redgrave, the constables, yeah. Um, yeah, are basically looking at the murders of the of the three constables that Reggie has just shot. Um, yeah, and they're hanging them. They 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 they're hanging their bodies near some propaganda. Yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, there's it's just kind of like a more diving into the um, like the 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 issues on the street level that are mm-hmm. happening more and more often um, and, and ryan's reaction to that like yeah. it makes his own value system crumble because at this point yeah he's talking about we need curfews we need checkpoints we need robots with guns robots with guns because yeah. there's nothing more objectivist than a robot with a gun that's exactly it. <laughs> so that's what he wants. And look, could there be anything cooler than your private society full of, you know, armed automatons? Probably not. Uh, but Bill just can't believe it. He's he's shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it goes even further uh, south because uh, Ryan basically announces that they're going to go take over Fontaine's business by yeah. force. Yeah, he's. He's basically doing the thing that um, it had been like softly floated out there years prior. And now mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, I'm doing it. We're, we're That's gonna- what we're doing. And-, and it's really funny, too, because it just it's another moment of uh, I, I keep thinking about um, I watched an episode of or maybe it was just an interview. It was an interview with Penn from Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he he's always been very heavily libertarian. Sure. And uh, and he explained that the reason he was libertarian is, you know, it's because he's very Pollyanna. Uh, he admits that he, he says, you know, I, I think we're going to fix the problems. We're, we're the best people to do it, um, you know, without any evidence. But uh, that, that was right. his belief. And uh, and it kind of makes me think of Ryan and his interactions with Fontaine. Right. You know, for all the non-regulation of this world that he wants to create, he's still expecting Fontaine to play by some level of rules. Yeah. Like gentleman's rules. Yeah. I suppose. Like, like he's it's, it's taken him this long to kind of realize that Fontaine is, is just literally if, if we determined that, uh, that Ryan is, um, is, uh, what is it? Lawful evil. 
Right. Then Fontaine is is chaotic evil. Like absolutely, he is he is just in it for the chaos, baby. Yeah. Like well, is there he, is there me, is there money? Yeah, but let's do it yeah. as in the in the most chaotic way possible. Well, he's the real face of objectivism. That's sure. the irony. Yeah. You know, Ryan thinks that he's the guy who came up with all of this. Sure. Like he's like I, I you know no rules no regulations and it's just the market. Just the market. And that's how it works. And Fontaine goes, cool, I can get in on that. And he really absolutely he's kind of like the comedian in The Watchmen. Yeah. Like he's like he's like showing you the true face of of what this is about. Like, you know, Ryan thinks he's the face of it. He's not. Fontaine is. Yeah. You know, and and he's showing you exactly because he is willing to to do anything it takes. Right. You know, and there are no rules against it. There no. are no rules against no it. No rules. He's not breaking it. any laws. Except not, for, you know, killing people. Except for killing people. But uh but Ryan's doing that too. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan's like when you when you don't have any laws or or there's no lines in the sand anywhere. None. So None. so there's no way that Ryan can say the way I do it is better than the way he does it. Right. <laughs> right. It, it we see this time and time again. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan it, it, Fontaine is literally is truly playing by the rules or lack thereof uh, that Ryan set down. And Ryan's the one breaking his own rules to get back at Fontaine. Yeah. Uh, it's really very ironic. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Fontaine, speaking of Fontaine, where there's basically we're back we're in the little sister's orphanage. Oh, um, this scene made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically you know, what happens in this scene? Oh, oh, this is the description of what the little sisters end up like. What yeah. are they doing to the little sisters? Right. Which is back like, at the orphanage here, which is like they implant the, the kid with the sea slug. Um, and they, one of the things that, um, one of the things that that stood out to me was where it's like the little sisters developed a strangely uniform look in their pinafore in their little pinafores, their faces and bodies remarkably similar. Thanks to a side effect of the sea slug implantation, the sea slugs were like tapeworms inside of them. They're not human anymore. He told himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really upsetting. And, uh, and, and Tenenbaum is not, happy Tenenbaum she is, she has is, yeah we have finally met out. yeah we have finally met the line that Tenenbaum is not happy to have crossed and yeah. it is this um it it like it's this abuse of children basically yeah. she's yeah. she's she's hit it she's hit the mark I'm like oh i actually she's good with abusing people people in general like she will adults she will stick a needle in a man's testicles to get absolutely to get his semen I forgot. <laughs> My brain was trying to protect me. I forgot all about that. But um, yeah, oh, there's a been, there's a great moment like where she's talking about like her her breaking point here. Sure, she's talking about how one of the little girls hops into her lap. Yeah, which is kind of a precious image. Sure, uh, and she immediately pushes her off and shouts, "Get away from me!" And she says, "I can see the atom oozing out of the corner of her mouth." She closed her eyes, remembering her filthy hair hanging in her face, dirty clothes, that dead glow in her eye. I feel hatred. Her voice broke. 
hatred, Frank, like I never felt before. Bitter, burning fury. I can barely breathe. But Frank, she opened her eyes and looked at him for one surprising instant. Then I know it is not this child I hate. So she is she is turning in on herself. She yeah. hates herself for uh, what she's doing. She hates hates herself, and Fontaine is like, the dame is cracking up. <laughs> he even, doesn't he even is it this chapter where he even says like, because they haven't fucked in a little while. Maybe I should start and, sleeping with her again. Is something right? like he's like it's like he literally he literally is like it's like she seems she's cracking up. Maybe I should slip her the old candle. That'll that'll fix the problem. <laughs> She's got the hysterics. I've got to massage her cervix. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I, I know we like Fontaine and everything, but Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like as a character, not as a personality. Well, yes. The, yes, he's a great well, character. Yeah, he's a great. He's, he's, a, he's horrible. Horrible. But, uh, but slip of the old Fontaine fountain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We need we need more kids for this orphanage after all. Oh, man. He's yeah, it, it's rough. So, yeah, clearly something is like broken in Tan yeah, Bomb. And, she, and, and no, nothing that there's nothing there's nothing in her that cock is going to fix. Yeah. Um, so they, he then he always he's talking to uh, to Suchong about the yeah. the abduction of. Uh, and this is the it's at this point, the plot line that leads into the literal protagonist of Bioshock begins because they're talking yeah. about the abduction of the stripper that Ryan sleeps with uh, Jasmine uh, her the child, basically, yeah. uh, that she's carrying. That is that is Ryan's. Um, but. Yeah, so they they have they bought they bought her the fertilized egg the the uh, as you pointed out at the end of uh, part two, she's clearly pregnant she, and, and she's trying to tell him that she's pregnant, but she never gets it right. out, and she never gets it out. So, but she was able to get it out to Sushong, who they paid her for the fertilized egg. So now they have ryan's dna and they've got this plan to use it against him in yeah. some horrifying fashion, to sure. to accelerate its growth and make it so that it is able to be commanded with a code word yeah. um so phil would you kindly tell me what the next chapter is about <laughs> i will tell you what the next chapter is about <laughs> That was in no way a reference to a very famous game moment that broke the fourth wall in its own way. I think we all remember that moment. <clears throat> oh, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I just got a terrible urge to go find a film grad school and burn it to the ground. I don't know what that's all about. Would you kindly? <laughs> that does that, but that does bring us to chapter sixteen. Yes, uh, and and we get this. A it's a this is a fun opening. Yeah, we get this bizarre propaganda um, in response to capital punishment because Ryan's talking about issuing capital punishment, which he's never done before. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, more libertarian types that I know find capital punishment to be abhorrent because it is not. It's it's a it's an overstepping of the government's 
boundaries. Exactly. Uh, and uh, and Ryan is basically making propaganda just to he's like prepping it to get the people ready, you know, and uh, and it's it's truly like some Red Scare era uh, uh, shit, like where it's just like, hey, you know, better, better dead than red. Like yeah. that whole thing. A little capital it's- punishment is a small price to pay to protect all of our freedoms. Ooh, now you're talking, it's, Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it's Mary, the weak willed woman who who can't come around to it. And the and the smart man with his big man brain comes and goes, come on, Mary, we're going to have to kill some people every now and then to protect ourselves. <laughs> and she's like, well, I guess you're right. I should just get back to having babies. Uh, so that happened. Rapture, and, and 1958. Like, <laughs> yeah, Ryan shows it to Bill and Bill's just so. He's so depressed. Bill He's is so depressed. Bill is is di- just disappointment personified at this point. Yeah, yeah, and he just talks about looking at Ryan. How Ryan just seems like this old, sad, paranoid man. Yeah, uh, and and this is all. And over the course of how long has it been? When did they? When did they meet? I would uh, say it's been eleven years. I want to say yeah. ish. So like they've just they, like over this time he's just watched him kind of just losing it get old uh, kind of like old and frail basically right well it's just it's just his inability to bend you know it's like ryan is a man of absolutes Uh, and and, but when he does bend uh that's the irony he's only willing to bend in a direction that is more of the dictatorship and the totalitarianship that he escaped with the soviet union yeah uh, yeah, you know, he isn't willing to bend. He's he, I think that's what it comes down to. People like this. The the spine of them is cruelty. Yeah. Uh, cruelty you know, is he, the cru- point. Cruelty is the point. Exactly. Uh, uh, he is he is willing to bend, but never in the direction of helping out people that he finds to be undeserving, which is almost everyone. Almost all of them. Uh huh. So, so, yeah. So they so. They're talking uh, while they're reviewing this footage, Bill and and Ryan are talking more about the raid on Fontaine futuristics. And yeah. and and Bill is basically trying one more time to impress upon him. Like, you can't just go in there and nationalize a somebody else's company by force. Like that's against your beliefs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your very beliefs. And uh, and Ryan essentially threatens him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's. It's just like it's a very because, you know, Bill has kind of played the angel on Ryan's shoulder as often as he feels that he can reasonably get away with it. Right. Um, and uh, and Ryan basically is like, I see you like he said, I see what you're doing and you can be replaced. Yeah. Is essentially, yeah. you know, how he handles it. And Bill thinks of his pregnant wife and shuts the fuck up. Yep. Don't don't be replaceable. Um, yeah. And, and, he, uh, and, and Ryan's just what the irony, of course, is that Ryan is getting more paranoid and sad, but it's kind of hilarious how often he gets things right. His paranoia actually does suit him well because he does bring up the idea that he suspects that Jasmine, his old fling, uh, is working now with Fontaine. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, wow, it's kind of hard to criticize this guy for being paranoid when he is kind of spot on. Yeah. Half the no, time. He's, he's able to pick up. Like the little things, all these little things. Um, speaking of which, we we jump back over to Fontaine Futuristics, mm-hmm. and um, 
Suchong. This is a good example, by the way, of where I think we could have combined. Yeah, a bunch of little, combined a bunch of little scenes. Um, we go back and forth and back and forth. Back and, yeah, with Fontaine's area. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah, yeah. It didn't necessarily. It, and I think because it's trying to, because the writer is uh, Shirley is trying to uh, have the different points of view. Because the first yeah. scene was from Fontaine's point of view. This scene, though, is from um, Tenenbaum's point of view. And, That's a good point. That's and, a good point. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they're growing the fetus in a tube. It's like accelerated growth or something like that. And Su yeah. Chong is doing the WYK conditioning, um, which That's she doesn't know hilarious. what that is. And he's like, well, I can't tell you. You're like, we're not supposed to tell every." You know, we can't tell each other everything. Um, and she immediately just goes, oh, yeah, you're right. You're How right. Has, I, She's totally on his side on yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I didn't I didn't realize. W-I-K, what does that mean? And then I was like, oh, would you kindly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but we're watching this little boy's growth and uh, it's Mr. Bubble. You know, it's just like he's he's you know, exploding in size because basically the idea is that um, these girls, you know, well, we're going to get to it later, but these, these little girls are defenseless. So they need, Oh no, no, to this is, them. this is not that this is, this yeah, is, we're getting to that later. We're yeah, getting to that, that later. This is, um, this, Oh no, you're right. This, this is, is the, this is the, the dude from some Bioshock kid. This is Ryan's yeah. kid. Yeah. Who is going to be sent out into the world briefly and come back with fake memories. Yeah. It, 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 this is, uh, this is Oedipus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he is, it is a, I didn't think about how big of an Oedipal story this is <laughs> until, <laughs> until they literally like throw it in my face like this. Oh God. But yeah, I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I got mixed up. This is, this is, this is, uh, yeah, the big daddy stuff. Jack, they call him Jack. Yeah. The big daddy stuff is coming soon. This is, this is the main character of Bioshock one being mm -hmm. grown in a test tube. Um, basically. And he'll come back basically being looking like he's 30 years old <laughs> right? When, it, when he comes right. back when he's like, um, in like what, two years. He he's, he's like two years old. basically. Yeah, he's basically yeah. two years old, but uh, in the body of like a 30 year old with implanted memories. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and it goes without saying, as we put it out before, the Tenenbaum is so not OK with it. She is. She is drifting. The, the rope has snapped and her raft is drifting further and further down the river of not being oh. OK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> into into the I'm not all right ocean. <laughs> um so the uh so basically they're they're getting that taken care of and they're going to be sending the child off. They have a they have a bathosphere ready to go to get the child out because uh the uh, the goal is not to keep the child on rapture. Um Yeah. That's part of Fontaine's plan, which is important because in the very next scene, um, we got uh, basically it's the it's the gathering of the troops at Neptune's bounty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time to raid Fontaine. It's, time to make what's his ours. It's time for the fight. Um, a lot of stuff happens in this scene. Uh, don't necessarily need to go over all of it. There's just like a lot of combat. 
Uh, mostly they it's mostly it's the raiding party getting their ass kicked destroyed by splicers. By splicers. Um, they are not ready for the splicers, man. Yeah, they're not ready. The splicers are freezing people. They're they're lighting them up. They're they're really they're really messing them up. And uh, Bill, I mean, what Fontaine essentially has is an army of superpowered crackheads. Yeah, he's he's got that's essentially what these are. It's like if the if the X Men were addicted to meth. That's what Fontaine right. has at his disposal. Right. That's exactly it. And, and, and he's the only guy in town making meth. Making the meth is he is. Uh, Fontaine is the Heisenberg of Rapture. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, it's it's and and it's just a mess. And uh, and then Fontaine uh, makes an appearance and it's a really weird appearance. He is. Super theatrical. Yeah, Bill's He's like literally. Bill notices that the voice is like this. Doesn't yeah. this is weird? Why is he acting yeah. like this? He's literally pulling the whole like you're never you're not gonna take us alive, see kind of shit. <laughs> and he's like two like double like like gently double pistol, you know, firing down at everybody, not giving a shit if he's getting shot out, not like being strategic, just berserker raging his way yeah. into the crowd. Uh, and 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 based on what we have uh, heard with Fontaine asking about plastic surgery and whatnot, I think we can all safely yeah. rest assured that's not Fontaine. That is not Fontaine. That is uh, one of his guys who Fontaine had handpicked uh, in that chapter. He's like, oh, yeah, this guy already kind of looks like me. So we're going right. to get him a little plastic surgery. So he looks exactly like me. <laughs> right. And they take him out. Yeah, no. One of the uh, one of the random guys is like, "Yeah, I got Fontaine." Woo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the it's like the classic like Batman taken out by the uh, the nameless goon in Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> God, that was a good episode. It was. Uh, it, it was like the. Uh, it's basically any Star Trek: The Next Generation episode with Worf. Uh, getting absolutely destroyed by right. by somebody. Um, by someone. By someone. <laughs> by someone. Worf, yeah. get, Worf just getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. Like this, this, this big baller character who you know we expect to be a total badass just just getting knocked out. But at least with this, uh, there's a reasonable explanation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they they just keep fighting, fighting back and forth. There's there's um so they 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 manage to to kill Fontaine. They end up having to retreat anyway kind of cuz the splicers are are basically uh just insane. I mean, right. it doesn't matter that Fontaine's dead. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um and the people who survive are like Bill and Sullivan and, you know, the the people you hear their names off over and over again. Bill Sullivan, Redgrave, yeah. uh, Cavendish, um, they all get out um, and uh, yeah, they they move on um, yeah. with Fontaine, quote unquote, Fontaine uh, yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and they 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 they're essentially taking over. They've accomplished their mission. Yep. Um, 
Meanwhile, uh, still at, Fo- at Fontaine Futuristics, they find out that the Little Sisters Orphanage, um, basically, there had been rumors coming out of the Little mm-hmm. Sisters Orphanage about what kind of experiments were going on there. And Sullivan right. is like, yeah, well, I can confirm now that those experiments, that was not just a rumor. They were actually doing that crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And he's disgusted. He is. Disgusted. Sullivan is. Sullivan is like. He's an interesting character, and I feel like yeah. we don't get enough of him, uh, his deterioration. Like, we yeah. get some of it, but he has this deterioration going on because he already was an alcoholic, and yeah. it is just getting worse and worse as as shit hits the fan. Absolutely. Yeah, he's... he's- and he's going, we we know that he used to be a big gambler and like he, he comes right. from a, a, you know, slum kind of background and Ryan gave him a chance and, and saw something great in him. Right. And he's like trying to 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 he's he's basically like Bill in a way where he just he just wants he doesn't want to let him down. Uh, but he doesn't have, uh, I guess, the self-control or reason to be alive that Bill has. Right. Like Bill's trying to start a family. He's got all that his, stuff. He's Sullivan's got his, just a single yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Bill's got his wife and daughter. Sullivan's just an old, old cop. Um. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he just and so when when Sullivan sees all this shit going down, he just disappears into a whiskey bottle. Yeah. Yeah. He curls up. He gets he gets nice and comfy with with a whiskey bottle. Um, yeah. But Sullivan is breaking down. Like he's basically telling Ryan, like. Yeah, they were using the little girls to uh, harvest uh, to produce Adam. Um, And uh, he's like, it's terrible, isn't it? And Ryan's like, yes, terrible. Yes, terrible. (laughs) Well, we can do that. (laughs) He's like, well, we might as well just let them leave them as they are for now. And we'll figure out another way to produce Adam efficiently later. Yeah. Slash yeah. never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the old, it's the old, what we need, you know, we're just, we just need to, technology will come in and solve everything. And then we promptly don't look into that technology at all. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah. Yeah. And then, um, what was it? The, um, uh, Su Chong basically starts talking about how the girl, little girls can also be used, uh, as Adam harvesters, Yes. from dead bodies and um because now su chong is back in ryan's employee obviously <laughs> yep yep just just work back and forth he's he's back home <laughs> it's kind of hilarious because th- this is later on but yeah he like you know they they he asks about su chong's loyalty and su chong literally says i shouldn't have hung out with a guy who didn't have enough guns you know, my problem is that I, I was I, with the guy who didn't have enough soldiers and shit. And you, I, I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. Which just is like he not really tells them. Not really like, the just, answer to his question. Not really. I don't know if no. Ryan picks up on that, that that Su Chung literally just says, yeah, I'm just going to go with the person who has more guns. Yeah. And, I'm just going to go with whatever's the most the, the person who will get get me killed the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's he, he just openly says that. Uh, so, yeah, the scientists are put right the fuck back to work. Nothing changes. Nothing changes at Fontaine except for the name. Yeah. Now it's it's Ryan Plasmids instead of Ryan Font- Plasmids. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, and that brings us to Diane. 
We haven't heard from Diane in a bit. No, we haven't heard from her a long bit. Uh, uh, and this is a it's a funny chapter. I didn't understand the use of it until later. But essentially, it's well, it's not even a chapter. It's a section. Uh, we are in chapter 17 now. Yeah. Um, but she's been gambling and having like a lot of luck. She's been winning a lot of money and just doesn't care. It doesn't Enough, make her happy. Yeah. She doesn't feel good. She wants to be. She she says she wants to be shopping on Park Avenue in New York, not right. down here in Rapture. Right. <laughs> it sucks. It, yeah, it, it's like it, doing well in Rapture. Yeah, that's kind of a, a bittersweet sort of thing. Yeah, you know? like, like what do I have to you are, spend all this on? I got to watch another shitty musical by the one guy who writes musicals down the here. The one shitty musical writer who writes musicals in this shitty shitty city yeah i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to a city underwater it's like don't worry we've got a famous playwright you'll get to be the only one of the only people who get to watch his plays well, what's his name neil neil labute oh no <laughs> like just is that oh no. is that a play is that a playwriting deep cut there yeah, or? Just, <laughs> just me throwing some shade at a, mm. at, a at a playwright sure uh Feel free. I'm not going to I'm yeah. not going to pick up on it or understand it, but just just let me know when it, it works out and it math works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a five minute head start. OK, like I'm about to make a theater reference. OK, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get when you go with a fucking theater. Basically, theater. I'll just put up a warning like theater reference upcoming theater reference theater <laughs> reference. <laughs> So she's wandering around Rapture and a woman comes up to her asking for a donation to Atlas. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Diane's kind of disgusted with her because she's like, OK, so you you're with Ryan at first, obviously. And then let me guess, you jumped ship and went off with Diane Lamb and their people. And that didn't work out because they're a bunch of fanatics. And now you're hanging out with this Atlas guy. Am I right? It's woman's basically like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this guy's different. She's like, this guy's different. I've seen him. He's fantastic. Uh, you know, he's wonderful. And she just paints this wonderful picture of this hero of the day, Atlas. Um, and uh, so so Diane is very intrigued. Yeah. By uh, by this the, this guy's charisma. Yeah. So Basically. Yeah. Because she she reads the pamphlet that the the woman gives her. And yeah, uh, right. she's like, yeah, it is nonsense and walks away. And then. But the pamphlet says, yes, someone cares. And like the that phrasing just kind of like rattles around in her head. Um, mm. It's a very chick track kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you expect it to be like you, it's like Atlas. You know, I know he, obviously he's not meant to be that kind of a character, but you kind of expect it to be a little tiny comic book. It's like, yes, someone cares. <laughs> And the Catholic Church is evil. Like, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Diane's D&D character died. So. <laughs> and so Diane killed herself. And so Diane killed herself. Yeah. Um, uh, that, br that brings us to uh, Bill and Wallace. They're in, uh, I think it's Orion Square. And uh, no one's done anything about the dead cops <laughs> in the that are hanging. That they've the someone's the, the the ones that were hanging before still there still there still there presumably because no one paid them to do it no one has paid anybody to take them down yeah and so yeah and and they uh and they happen upon uh, a big crowd a big gathering and who is there speaking but, but 
Atlas. Atlas. He's given his speech. He's yeah. he's he's talking about how everybody was lured to Rapture with the promise of a better life. Um, they they were lured from slums in Queens or Dublin's or Shanghai or London, and it's like there. He's he talks about the income inequality. Um, and and how it's like the workers need to unite because there's these fat cats that are oh yeah are hoarding all he's the going wealth. Full Das Capital. Yeah, he is them, going right? like the the executives, the CEOs are are hoarding all the wealth while the working man is getting none of it. Um, and everybody is up there up there telling truths. Yeah. <laughs> so sick of it. So the sick of easiest it. Easiest way to to handle it is just you know tell the truth. Um, right. And uh, yeah, they're they're getting closer in because this is like this is serious revolutionary talk. Like this is worse than Lamb. Yeah, like this is this is straight up well uh, seditious and they, talk. And they call him uh, Roland Wallace. Says, oh, he's he's Huey Long. He's the Kingfish. Yeah. He's yeah. he's got that populist, uh, very populist streak to him. Um, yeah. Uh, so he just like Atlas mixed. Uh, Huey Long and and Bolshevism together, and he mm. got his own like little flavor. I can't remember was absolutely Hue- was Huey Long racist? The Kingfish, I believe he was. Yeah, yeah. I bet most people were back then. Yeah, so yeah that's it helps. But I'm actually gonna look it up because that's because I was actually wondering that. Like, myself. what was Huey Long's vibe? Was it like yeah, we- this stuff, but only for white people? <laughs> yeah. Um, um no no he was cool with everybody cool with everybody okay um, he was yeah in a political climate dominated by racism huey long worked to uplift the poor regardless of color yeah there you go uh so yeah he was he was he was cool with uh with other colored people uh so that's good yeah that's something that's good that's that's good that's our that's our villain here people that's our yeah, villain that, you know it's just just when you think that the uh that the uh bioshock thing is making a really good point in objectivism stuff like that which they are uh it does start to slide dangerously into like both, both sides, sides are badism yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's very dangerous but it's like i think all extremists are bad it's like go fuck yourself yeah, stop um, it stop it it's not the same it's not, not the, the same. same so they they they're kind of hooving into this guy's general direction trying to get a closer look and then they notice that they are full on being watched by a small cadre of splicers yeah. that are hanging upside down hanging to the walls and just watching them yep. and they they and they realize they they see which way the wind is blowing and uh and they they beat feet they get the hell out of there yeah so they because if you're being watched by someone who creeps along the wall like a fly those spiders leave. yeah those spider splicers are uh no fun no one likes them no i and i don't blame they're them. I, don't discon- blind, I don't blame anyone for that very disconcerting um yeah <laughs> so say the least uh uh fontaine futuristics uh basically this scene is is they're taking the sign down at fontaine futuristics yeah. and putting up rind industries and um suchong and is, this is where we were saying before that they find out that adam is able to be harvested from the dead um and that's a that's the perfect kind of job for for the uh, little sisters the sisters yeah but they need to be protected. So they're going to have what the little sisters refer to as big daddies. Yes. To protect them. Mr. Bubbles. Um, Mr. Bubbles. 
Yeah, so they took they they took Johnny Topside, who mm-hmm. was um there is absolutely like, no there's like that, a that scene kind of yeah, yeah, the whole Johnny Topside stuff was kind of random. It's very random. There's a chapter early on where they talk about how this guy Johnny Topside basically smuggled his way into Rapture. Yeah, and he was, was in a big diving suit and, and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, and then he was thrown into Persephone, and now they've taken him out of Persephone, and he has been turned into Subject Delta um, right. of the. Um, of the of the of the big daddies basically a cyborg yeah. um and that there is and there you have our main character our protagonist of bioshock 2 uh yeah yeah we've gotten we've gotten both of our protagonists in the space of a couple of chapters yeah. <laughs> um so basically they're 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 using they're bonding the girls to these big daddies they're you mm-hmm. they're like making them um attached to the suit basically they use a robotic suit um that just like plays with them until they have a big daddy for them to to assign to them um so it's it's interesting um so gil alexander is like the architect they they mention his of uh his work on the big daddy program the alpha series and all that stuff um so he he uh brian's like yeah what do you need from me what do you need do you yeah what do you need me to do to make this happen yeah he's good with all of this yeah um and uh we jump over to mcdonough's bar um and sullivan or or sullivan's getting plowed he is is getting plowed getting hammered and he thinks about it he's like this won't look too good me being in charge of law enforcement and rapture and being the drunkest son of a bitch in rapture (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's back to gambling. Like he's he's just he's lost some money. He's lost some brain cells. He is he is tight as a boiled owl. He is just gone. Yeah, yeah. And he runs into uh while he's drunk, he uh he runs into some splicers, which is like yeah. pretty much the worst thing that he could have uh run into. Um, oh, absolutely. But what's funny is they like they fuck him up a little bit and he's eventually he just like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And he just yeah. he just leaves the and fight and just, just leaves. That's the whole section. <laughs> it was such a weird fucking moment. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this for? I don't I don't I, understand I don't, why we had to see that. But I don't understand what that section was for either. I was wondering. I put an asterisk next to my notes for that part because I was wondering if you were going to pick up on something that maybe I just missed. I did not Uh, pick anything up other than he gets he gets he's drunk. He gets beaten up by some splicers. The end. The end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a really it's not long. It's like a page long, but it's so random. I don't know what it's doing there. Uh, so anyway, that, that brings us back to Diane, who's wandering the streets of Rapture, um, which is always, always the sensible option. Uh, and she's, she's looking, she's in kind of the, the lower sections of the, you know, the more rougher areas of Rapture, because she wants to see this Atlas guy. She's been intrigued ever since her, our, our last encounter with her. Yeah. And, um, so she's hanging out at this kind of 
greasy spoon diner where all the derelicts are hanging out. And uh, and suddenly Atlas shows up and he starts giving out food and supplies and everything like that. And uh, so she bribes uh, the the uh, waitress there. Uh, or at least like, you know, yeah, she, you know, greases her palm and says, you know, is that who I think it is? Yeah. And the waitress is clearly very nervous, but tells her, yeah, like that's that's him. He shows up, he hands out food and, and supplies right. and we love him. We think he's great. And uh, and bef- but before we think Diana's he's able- a righteous dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Atlas is a righteous dude. Uh, and he is uh, in his own way. Uh, but before Diane can approach him and I don't know what the fuck she's I'm really curious. I really want to know what she planning to say to him. Yeah. Um, but before she can do that, uh, some sirens, you know, wail in the distance and Atlas uh, has to beat feet and he he runs off into the dark it runs off uh, into the night leaving like her like batman yes exactly uh leaving her alone with with uh, just a terrible sounding pie uh that the waitress described at one point it's like a fish pie or something <laughs> like that they describe and i i found myself oddly fascinated with for a couple fish of minutes. pie that sounds like i mean i guess that's like eh, it sounds like something british people eat right they eat a lot i, I they eat a lot of eel uh, from what I've read, or, or at least in London, they used to like yeah. eel pies used to be like a staple food. Maybe I don't think they do that as much anymore, but like the fucking Thames was just just full of eels mm. and they would just pull up all these eels and make pies out of them. Um, I, I like eel uh, and I like pie, so maybe that would be good. I probably not in the 18th century, but <laughs> I don't think a lot of foods are good back then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just imagine like, like, you know, a, a short crust uh, pie and inside is just like eel and yeah. like, you know, like just like that, that texture that eels are like. And it's still flapping. It's still like, <laughs> it's still like you could you look at the top of the short, the, the top of the pie and you could see it like bubbling a little bit. And it's because yeah, there's eels yeah. in there. We got we got some we got some English and British friends like tell us are, is eel still a big part tell of us, the diet over there? Tell us how wrong we are. Um, tell us how wrong we are. I know I read that it used to be a big thing, but I don't I, I don't think that's how it is anymore. But come on, you know, you still got to have yourself you still a, got a river full of fish. Eat a mince um, mince eel pie. <laughs> that's a, more more I think about it. The idea the idea of I like I love meat pies i fucking love like you you don't find them over here in the states as often but if you can find a good british pub over here every now and then they'll have like cornish pies and just like these they're just delicious they're so good so flaky and they're filled with meat and fucking you know it's it's not like a a, spices chicken right well it's not like a chicken pot pie it's not the same it it's like a hand pie. You can eat the goddamn thing on the move, which was the idea. Right. Um, they're so good. Um, like a hot pocket. The idea of. Right. I mean, yeah, pretty much <laughs> like a big socially respected hot pocket. <laughs> but but the moment you add any and I like fish, but the moment you add any sort of fish as a filling to a pie, my interest plummets. Yeah. Uh, I think I have to. The s- textures. All yeah, wrong. I think I have to see. I don't I don't want fish in a thing. I want no. I want to be able to see that I am consuming fish. 
That's just me. Right. I can't just like. I don't want to be tricked. I don't want. I don't want to like mixed in there. I don't want to buy a bit. No. I don't want a tuna hot pocket. Right. Yeah. Oh no. God. No. Fresh That's out just... of the microwave with with. Oh. And you're now your house smells that way for a week. You have a little pouch. Congratulations. And you 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 squeeze some mayonnaise on it like the icing yeah. of a of a pop tart or. Pastry strudel, like a tartar sauce over the tartar, top of it. Tartar sauce, pastry strudel with tuna fish inside. Okay, so and when you and you take a bite, and there's still room in your mouth for the gun. So, <laughs> just because you've reached that point, <laughs> there's no going back. Oh going back. God. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, uh, Bill and his wife, Eileen, are at the shooting gallery. Bill is teaching his wife how to shoot because things have gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, and she is just not thrilled. Not happy with him. She's like, she's trying. And we get a lot of moments in this chapter with the two of them where she's trying to put on a brave face and everything like that. But she is just not. She she clearly wants to leave. She clearly wants, she misses home. She doesn't want to be there anymore. And Bill's coming around on that too. Uh, but he can't say it. He he still feels like he owes, uh, uh, you know, Ryan something. And there's a great moment here where uh, she says, sure. Okay, Bill, I just hope you're right about who we've got to shoot at. Uh, she lowered her voice to a barely audible whisper. Far as I can tell, they might come at us from either side of the fence. She cocked the gun. I guess I'd better be ready for anything. So, like, she already, I mean, she's not stupid. She knows that Ryan is paranoid, uh, that, you know, just because it's kind of like when you read about Stalin's inner circle, like they were just the most paranoid people in the world. Um, and uh, and like there are reports of some of them like would go one of them would go back to his wife yeah and he would like tell jokes and talk about certain topics and he would commit to memory which things stalin liked talking about or laughed at sure. and which he didn't and he'd go to his wife and his, and tell her she'd write them down and he'd recite them they'd recite them back and forth so he knew never to bring up certain topics ever again and to bring up other ones to make that's him happy that's amazing it, yeah, and it's and it's that kind of thing. Slash it's like, terrifying. Like, it's terrible, but <laughs> absolutely. Eileen basically knows that she's a mob wife. Yeah, that's what that's this kind is. of. Yeah, she's very aware of of what the situation is. Like, right? She knows. And she's Bill like, is, yeah, we got enemies, but just as likely gonna get shot by Ryan. Yeah, Bill's in too deep. She all she can really do is just mention every once in a while, like, eh, we should try to get out of here if we can. <laughs> right, right. So that's 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 uh, and it, and and then we cut ahead to Christmas Eve, uh, yeah. where Bill is playing. I liked this scene. This was kind of warm and it's and warm cozy, and cozy. It? It's a nice scene. It's it's Bill Karlovsky and Redgrave, uh, yeah, Constable Redgrave, and Constable Redgrave is black and Karlovsky is yeah. Russian, and the two of them kind of have like this little little back and forth you know yeah. like poking fun at each other um karlovsky says oh you black bastard and uh, and redgrave's like oh you dirty cossack you know basically yeah. just like just like playfully being racist to each other uh, yeah play, playful <laughs> playful turn of the century racism yeah. uh, and uh but it's like yeah. a bonding and moment it, between the is. three of them 
It is. Clearly, everyone's having a nice time. Yeah. It's after they'd invited them over for Christmas supper because they don't have, I guess, families to sure. eat with. And so uh, and as the evening progressed, they started a poker game. And, and so they're all getting sloshed. And Eileen is watching and laughing. And, uh, you know, and Bill comments in his head, his, his inner monologue about how attracted he is to his wife, how much he loves her. And uh, like they're just everyone's having a nice time. Yeah. It's actually a really pleasant, warm and cozy kind of moment, a Christmas Eve moment. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it is nice. It's nice. And then we get something not so nice, which is New Year's, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Um, cut straight from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve. So basically, Bill and Elaine are at a fancy restaurant. And yep. they're both armed, but they're they're going to try to have a nice night. They make a yep. they make a point out of like, oh, yeah, you know, Bill is carrying a pistol. But and so is Elaine in her in her yep. purse. And everybody is and they're And they're surrounded by a bunch of the you other, know, Sander Cohen, Silas Cobb, yep. Diane McClintock. Um, Ryan is supposed to be there at some point, or, but he's but at very least. Yeah, he's going to do Di- an automated. Diane speech. is sitting alone at Ryan's table, just like waiting right. for him. Right. Um. Which we've seen happen before. Yeah, which we've seen. But poor Diane. <laughs> poor Diane. He ain't. He ain't never gonna love you, girl. No, no. Um, so I like. They also make a point of saying like that neither of them have slept well, and then they make a point of saying like, but then again, nobody in this room has slept well. Right. Everyone's getting a little more. Paranoid. Everyone is Everyone's- is a little. Uh, they're in a bad bad way. Um, yeah. So basically, they're they're just kind of chilling. They're having their they're getting ready. Uh, there's some music playing, um, and I like it's interesting um, because they're talking about Count Basie and Duke Ellington in this yeah. scene. There's a m- moment later where someone comments on the music itself in Rapture. And you're like, mm. we've been down in Rapture for so long, we actually don't even know what popular current music would sound like yeah, yeah they, they've been listening to all the same music for the entire time yeah. that they're down in rapture uh that's what they and, brought uh, down they, since in the 1940s you know yeah and, and there are rumors of this thing called rock and roll up on the surface um right it's very interesting it, it's kind of a it's a very uh it's a terrific opening to this scene oh it's in this scene it's music and rapture had to be outdated there were rumors yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's a fantastic opening to the scene because, uh, first off, it sets this tense note, right, which is going to pay off later. I think we all know that. Yes, uh, but it also gives you. It, it kind of feels like it's New Year's Eve. The New Year is about to begin, and to me, this very much felt like a final moment of like kind of a time capsule of what Rapture is like yeah. at this moment, right before everything crumbles. Everyone's paranoid. They're bored. Nothing new. Every even their music has dust on it. There's nothing new. Everything's old, um, and everyone's paranoid. And at one point, Bill uh, uh, he sees one of the guards who's drinking champagne. He's got a gun in one hand, the champagne in the other, and he says, "That's rapture." Yeah, a gun in one hand, a glass of champagne in the other. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a terrific image. Uh, and and so it's just it sets this moment of if not. It's this weird combination of both paranoia and extreme boredom. Yeah. 
Yeah. They are so they nothing's new, nothing's interesting. There's this great Conan the Barbarian story uh from the Depression, mm-hmm. one of the original short stories. And it, it, Conan goes to this city he's heard of his whole life, uh, and it's full of uh, it's full of people. And the ruling class are these people who cannot die, mm-hmm. uh, and they just they're thousands upon thousands of years old, and they just sit and drink and eat and fuck, and they're so bored. And every now and then, one of them climbs to the top 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 of the tallest tower and throws themselves <laughs> off, uh, including their retinue, like all of their servants, all of their slaves, all of their money. It, they, they just, they fucking kill themselves and take all of their people with them. And for a moment, all the other ones get something entertaining to watch. And then they go back to their boring, right. boring lives. Yeah. This is what it felt like to me. They, they he surely kind of paints this picture of these sad, paranoid, super sad people. people. Yeah. It's just a terrible existence. Uh, and then we get the countdown. The countdown, which literally uh, becomes a countdown to a bomb. Uh, exactly. As soon as Happy New Year, ha- Happy New Year, Bill pulled Elaine close for a midnight kiss, and then the explosion came. Womp womp. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's an actually, a bunch of gunmen come in and start firing on the actually crowd. Actually, a very be- beautifully cinematic. Like, I could see it in my head. Like, so it would I. go... To me, it would be like it would just go slow motion because Auld Lang Syne is playing in the background. So you just have Auld Lang Syne playing um, while these gunmen just burst in and just start murdering the shit out of this 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 party. Yeah. Ryan actually is not even there, but no, but but his pre-recorded New Year's speech starts playing. playing. And that's you talk about cinematic. I was I was in the same boat as you like they, they the, the the his speech about this belongs to you. You all did this. This is all yours. You know, rapture belongs to all of us. And uh, and it's meant to be this inspiring uh, New Year's speech. And of course, played over people being murdered by Atlas's terrorists. Yeah. Uh, it's chilling. It's a brilliantly written uh, scene. It really it's is. It's a brilliant scene. Um, uh, Elaine, Elaine shouts out to Diane, who is, uh, Diane at this point is just crawling on the ground. She's had like half her face, like shredded off with, with shrapnel. And she's just like bleeding profusely. Um, it's, it's a, it's a super intense scene. And, uh, the end of Ryan's speech is, uh, to rapture 1959. May it be our finest year. Um, yeah, it is. It is so intense. Um, oh, yeah. The, the combat back and forth. Uh, Redgrave is wounded. Uh, uh, so Karlovsky and Red, Redgrave are, are trying to take care of the splicers as much as possible. Um, and they they basically, Bill and Elaine escape. They're, they're able to escape. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and then they were in their own flat, panting, Bill locking the door, Elaine with her purse in one hand and gun the other. Hello, called Mariska Lutz, their sitter from the next room. Back already? Have a good time? Yeah. Great. And and scene. And great scene. Great scene. <laughs> like, like some of the best, uh, uh, just, just terrific action. Uh, it's chilling. It's haunting. It's, 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 it's a wonderful scene. Uh, and it, it's it's this culmination 
of everything. You know, you know, someone lit a fuse several chapters ago, and this is it exploding. Yeah, uh, it's what's nuts is that, and in terms of chapter structure, we talked about it before. It feels like that could have been the end of the chapter. The chapter continues on. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Ryan, Ryan just being talking about how pissed off he is. Um, yeah, at, at it's, it's kind of hilarious because he says he says hey, well, this was meant for me. They were trying to get me. And uh, and I immediately rolled my eyes and was like, oh, of course, everything's about you, Ryan. And then I thought about it. I was like, actually, this, it, that probably it was, was specifically for him. for him. Yeah, they were yeah, they were so, trying to kill yeah. Ryan. Um, uh, and Bill points out that it's uh, this is all in retaliation for their killing of Fontaine. Yeah. Uh, this is all reaction to all of that. Like the uh, Ryan and, and got the we ball. We need to broker a piece. Yeah, Ryan got the ball rolling. Um, you know, and they just like run down all of the like. There's people betraying Rapture. We don't have enough Adam. We're running out of Adam. Um, even with the the little sisters and all that. Um, and then it ends with with Ryan making this proclamation. I built Rapture. I'll do whatever I have to, but I will not let the parasites tear down what I've built. So it's now becoming yep. more of like he doesn't care about what he has to do to prevent right. the thing that he built from being torn down. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. it's like whatever I have to do. Um, and so all of his all of Ryan's ideals and ethics are completely out the window. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it you know it's it. Ryan won't give over Fontaine. That's what Bill's like. Hey, they won't f- give him give him fucking Fontaine's futuristics. Yeah, Ryan won't do it, and it, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, where it, you know he'll bend, but only in the direction of you know cruelty. Um, you know he he basically says you know you know uh, that he he wants to make an army. Of people, basically the same way that Fontaine made an army of splicers, he wants to do the same thing: make this army of atom users. And uh, Bill threatens to resign. Yeah, yeah. He says, "If if he says if we if we can't broker some sort of peace here, um, I'm gonna have I'm to out. resign." Yeah. And, yeah, and and Ryan accuses Bill of letting him down. Yeah, uh, and Bill immediately thinking of his family once again, kind of starts to backtrack. Yeah. And basically pretends to reconsider the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, so Bill is walking around. Uh, we're still with Bill. He's walking around uh, near the banks. Um, and he sees, Yeah, we're still with Bill and Ryan. Uh, yeah. And he sees Anna Culpepper, who is who is one of the singers, um, basically singing songs about uh, a, a run on the bank. Um, there, she, yeah, she's 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 kind of doing a. A Dylan, yeah, sort of fomenting thing, some you know? some hysteria, uh, economic yeah. hysteria, um, and Bill is trying to give him some like Ryan some reasonable advice. Be like, yeah, you could just do a bank closure for a little bit, you know, calm people down. And yeah. Ryan's Ryan is so annoyed, so pissed off that he <laughs> says, "I've seen enough. Let's get out of here. I'll see to it that the little red bird stops singing." Right. Oh, it's also it also has this hilarious moment where because everyone's trying to withdraw their money from the bank, you know, because they think that because yeah. of all this the, the shit's hit the wall. Right. Uh, or the fan. Yeah. Both the fan and the wall. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so everyone's trying to withdraw their money. And that's yeah. Like you said, Bill's like, we could shut down the banks. And so these people calm down. And Ryan goes, no, no, free market and all that. And uh, he said they can withdraw their money, but they're fools. I tell you, fools, because when everything gets back to normal, 
then they're going to they're all their money's going to be worthless because you know how how the market works it's like <laughs> oh you're a fucking idiot jesus <laughs> like it's like it truly is Bill, these people yeah. it's like like well i've got i've got to save five cents it's like we can't save five cents if everyone's dead yeah yeah like it's it's Bill is yeah, sitting there i mean I, you start to wonder how ryan became the, the billionaire that he is yeah you can't help it's it's kind of it is kind of how it happens nowadays where you look at some of these guys and go how did that happen how do you tr- how have you tricked people into thinking how, you're some like, kind of genius like elon musk specifically yes is is that um he's a great example he is a great of example of of the i don't uh, quite understand why he is worth nearly 300 billion dollars he's just he's it's it's a combination of having a lot of money to start with and talking out of your ass. On That's a, on true. A regular basis. Just constantly talking shit on Twitter and uh, accusing random people of being pedophiles. Yeah, that worked out real that, good for him. That, he's, a, that, he's a fantastic guy. He was actually guy. found, uh, what was it, uh, not liable for it. Really? Somehow. I don't know. God, these fucking people. These people. Um, so uh, the the... the Chapter ends, and we'll stop there yeah. for the night. Um, the chapter ends. Well, it has, it has one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. The chapter ahead, ends sorry. back yeah. at Ryan Plasmids, formerly Fontaine Futuristics, um, with Tenenbaum basically uh, doing the, um, the, what would you call it? Like trying to associate the, the little sister yeah. with the big daddy by using. Yeah, rope. she's got a big daddy. Uh, you know the robot suit there, like they don't have. Yeah, it's not a real big daddy yet. yet. It's just a suit, right? But they want, but it's there with a little sister, and she's basically kind of puppeteering it yeah. uh, to play with her, so that right. she um, imprints on uh, on the big daddy for all intents and purposes. And uh, and we're left with a real moment of like Ten and Bomb just ready to snap. Like she is, she is not okay. No, yeah, she is. She's not okay at all. Something about it stabbed her. Stabbed her to the core, and that is where we'll leave it for this episode. Um, I mean, that is a that is a that's a lot of that stuff. Is a hell of a place to. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And we've only got three chapters left. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the the next episode will probably be. Eh, it might be a short boy, but who cares? But then again, we only went through three chapters today. We only. Went, uh, that's true. That's. But the uh, but the last one, chapter seventeen, is like was long was as fuck. several so, chapters built into one yeah pretty much yeah. so we are coming to an end though ladies and gentlemen next episode we are coming to the thrilling conclusion the thrilling conclusion of bioshock rapture Indeed. will be next Absolutely. episode so with that being said if mm. you would like to support us please 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 follow us on the podcast platform of your choice rate us review us and share our content far and wide with your friends, family, and uh, pet birds. I think if you share it with, I think you know, if if they're if they're smart birds that can like talk. Yeah, yeah, that could be good. Yeah, play us in front of your your talking birds, and uh, oh god, oh that would be great. It's a terrible idea. That would be a wonderful idea, and then send us videos. Um, if you if you have two African parrots. Or, or similar talking birds, please leave them in rooms with our voices and find out which one is Kevin and which one is Phil. 
It's going to be a nightmare. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, it's not, it's going to go over very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, share us, share us, share us. And uh, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening and have a good evening, evening everybody. Bye.